Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Obviously, you know, we have a cute little intro. We got a, a little jingle, a little song. However, wouldn't it be cute if we had a theme song? I'm thinking Best of Both Worlds. I'm thinking Wizards of Waverly Place style. You know, something that's really going to get us into the mood. You know, every time I come on the mic, I start snapping and I'm like, welcome back to the Twisty Pod. And everyone's like, woohoo. And then you all are singing along with me. And all of a sudden, we're in a much better mood. We're, we're in the zone. And you know, when you hear that theme song, Twisty Pod time. All right, this is going to be a fun one. I have my protein coffee in hand. To be honest with you, I was having a very unproductive editing session. So I decided I just need to walk away. I need to do something different with my energy. And that's where we are today. Because sometimes, you know, you just need to switch it up. And I think I would in the past just get really frustrated with myself. I'd be sitting in front of my computer like nothing's going right. You continue to be upset and you continue to be frustrated with the lack of progress you're making. But I think what I've learned as I've become a better worker, or I try to be, is that sometimes the answer is literally getting up, leaving whatever you're doing for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. And if that means you need to get outside for a little walk, if that means you need to completely switch gears and try a different project, even if it's the most pressing thing, even if your deadline is tomorrow, I just can't get anything done if I'm in that mode of frustration and I'm just agitated with every little thing. So here's me attempting that. And by doing something, I don't think I've ever done at least in its entirety. And that is an advice podcast. I have a lot of great submissions from you all that you either emailed into me or I put up a question box, question whatever the heck on the Twisty Pod Instagram and I got a few different DMs and whatnot. So I will start with the more in-depth scenario-based questions because those we're going to need to break down from head to toe. And then I do have just a few general, I need your advice on this sort of broad topic, what the heck are your thoughts sort of questions. If you do end up liking this type of segment, let me know and we can make this a more regular thing or I can do maybe like one question a week, whatever you like. But yes, if you ever do have a question, email me at hello at twistypod.com and I will throw it on in. And of course, everything will be anonymous. First up, I used to be really close to my best friend, but since the pandemic, we have only hung out once a month which feels like a pain because we are slipping away from each other. We used to talk every single day, but now it is only a few times a month and it always feels forced. Now when we hang out, I always feel this pressure to not mess up. We are so different now and I feel like our similarities are becoming more and more rare than before. I sometimes go a month without knowing something big that happened to her, like she switched to homeschooling, for example, just because it would probably be a bother to talk about it and we both know it would be difficult to carry on the conversation after that. I want to know how she is, but it is so awkward when I can't continue the conversation. I want to mend our friendship of five years because both me and my family, who are really close to her as well, cannot deal with losing her. I really need some advice on how to get that close friendship back. Please help. 
I think that this is going to be something that probably a lot of friendships unfortunately might face because of the pandemic. It is so extremely difficult to continue a solid, solid friendship without seeing one another in person. And I think the fact of the matter is as you grow older or as you go through a life-changing event such as a global pandemic, there are going to be so many things that are going to start making you into a different person. And for the better, you know, you're going to start to like different things. You're going to start to see maybe those similarities that you have with your best friend kind of start to go away as you're becoming who you're meant to be. I've always had the hardest, hardest time with this in my life because I have a really hard time accepting change and also accepting that a friendship might be drifting apart. And the hard part about it is that sometimes there's just no real reason why. And to me, that feels like it hurts more than if you were to have this huge falling out because there's literally no reason. Like you have been best friends for years. Why can't that still continue? I do find a lot of the times with my childhood best friends that I still talk to day in and day out, a lot of our similarities stem back to things that we grew up talking about. Like for example, we'll still talk about our love for Disneyland, our love for Hannah Montana, things like that because that's what we grew up loving. And somehow when we're hanging out, it's almost like all of those memories flood back instead of continuing a friendship from the 23-year-old, 24-year-old state that we're in now. I think you need to give yourself a little bit of grace because First of all, I don't really know if she's putting in as much effort as you're putting in as well, but that's already a huge red flag. If she's not reaching out to you as much as you're reaching out to her, then you shouldn't be putting all of your energy into a friendship that's not well reciprocated, as hard as it is to accept. I would say if you're able to see her, let's say you do an outdoor picnic or you go to a restaurant, wherever is safe and COVID friendly, Just meet up with her. Go have lunch. Go grab a coffee, whatever the heck you want to do, and just act like normal. Act like you used to and see how things go. If that interaction is extraordinarily awkward and you can just feel the awkwardness in the air, then maybe in a good way that's kind of a good sign because you don't want to keep forcing something that isn't there anymore. But if things go well or you feel like you're kind of vibing again now that you're in person, then I would say don't even sweat it because sometimes I have friends that just don't really respond back to text messages. They're just not good with their phones. They're never really on social media. And when I'm at home in my thoughts, I sit here thinking, oh my gosh, they hate me. Like, what have I done wrong? They never respond back to me. But when we hang out in person again, everything's fine. Everything's back to normal just because they're not a good digital communicator. And that could be very well the case with your friend as well. They could just be really, really bad at responding to text messages. They could just be really busy with their own things. And I also think it's kind of important to consider that sometimes people just don't want to share big things. They don't want to make something about themselves. So even though in your eyes, you're thinking, how in the heck could she have not told me about homeschooling? Maybe she felt really embarrassed by it, or maybe she just didn't want to share it because she didn't want to draw attention to herself. Or maybe she was just having a really hard time with that decision or that transition and she was trying to deal with her own mental health and hadn't thought to reach out and tell all of her loved ones. So yeah, give it another go in person. The next time you see her, you never know. You could just pick up things right where you left off. Or sometimes I know as bad of advice as this is to say, there are just some friendships that are meant to happen when they happen. They came into your life for a reason and 
when you start to grow a little bit older or your lives change so much, sometimes you drift apart and it's not a bad thing. It's a hard thing to cope with, but it is honestly a part of life and it's a really hard thing to accept, especially when you're so young and you have so many friends growing up in elementary school, middle school, high school, and you just feel like you have a friend group of 30 people. As you get older, you want to prioritize your time, your interests change, your jobs change, sports, etc. And you're not the same person that you used to be anymore. And it's a hard thing to just be okay with. But I'm here to tell you that it's it's very common. I've experienced it myself. I don't like growing up, but it's okay. It's going to be all right. Okay, this is a long one, but a good one. Hey, Taylor. Hello. I've been watching your YouTube videos for a year, and I can't believe how far we have both come in that time. Amen. I also live in Washington and quarantine in this rainy state was difficult at times. So flippin' true. I need help with a friend situation. I'm going to college in Texas in the fall and I've really been growing apart from my high school friend group here in Washington because we are changing as people and just don't fit well together. See? Here we go. I understand that growing apart is completely normal and we can still be friends, just not as close. But they don't seem to. My old best friend in particular seems to refuse to believe that I will be leaving and we will no longer be as close as we have been. Something else I've realized is that the friend group views me as being bottom of the totem pole. Oh, no. I'm about to throw hands. Okay. (laughs) I'm getting heated for you. Even if they aren't outright jerks, I'm often busier than them since I'm going out of state soon and they tend to be inconsiderate of my time. When I ask them to hang out, they respond several days later, not at all, or say they're busy. If they ask me to hang out three hours before the time they say they want to hang out and I say I'm busy, they don't believe that I genuinely have homework or prior commitments, but rather that I just don't want to hang out with them. As this goes on, I now actually don't want to hang out with them often, and I've made an effort to reconnect with some other old friends that do respect my time. Okay, snaps! Yes! I had been having great conversations and times with people that I originally blew off for my old friend group, and now I realize just how undervalued I was in my main friend group friendships. My question is, would you suggest I talk to my best friend and that friend group about how I feel? I don't know how they would take it or if it's even worth it since I'm leaving this fall anyways. Sometimes when we hang out, there is tension, but I like to talk about important things like faith or politics or the general state of the world, but they always make stupid, that's what she said jokes to break the seriousness. And honestly, I just want more serious conversations and real friendships where trust is involved. What would you suggest I do? Thank you so much. I love you and your content. Never stop being twisty. That is so such a cute ending, but so many thoughts. First of all, let's break this down. It sort of seems like your old best friend and your friend group are in the same group. However, it does seem like your best friend is an outlier. At least that's what it seems like from this submission. Almost like she's a little bit better than the rest of this friend group. I am not a fan of this friend group as they've been described. It seems like exactly what you said. They are not valuing their time. They think their commitments are more important than yours. And obviously it seems like You have your priorities straight. You know exactly what's going to come. You're very well prepared for friendships drifting apart, life changing, moving away. You just seem very, very mature. Your friend group, on the other hand, is obviously not very self-aware considering they can't even have a real good serious conversation without making like literal four-year-old jokes. I had a sort of similar situation as I was leaving school as well. And there was me and two other people that kind of felt like we were also at the bottom of the totem pole. And we found solidarity in that, but we were so frustrated with the rest of the group that sort of made themselves 
themselves, I don't know, feel like they were the leaders or they would just do like sneaky things behind the rest of our backs. It was just sort of weird. And I think in the moment when it's happening, you want to pretend it's not real because you don't know where else to turn and you don't want to acknowledge that that's happening because those are supposed to be your friends. But it seems like you have already had that acknowledgement that these people are not worth your time. You've come to the conclusion that they're not as good of people maybe as they used to be. And I sincerely applaud you for that because I am right there with you. They're definitely turning out to be outright jerks to use your own words. (laughs) And honestly, it's sort of up to you on whether or not you'd want to talk to them. I'm a little bit uh, passive, so I feel like I would just sort of let the drifting apart happen on my end, but I do think it's maybe worth a conversation with your old best friend if you do want to continue that friendship because it does seem like that is more important to you than the rest of these other people. I think confiding in her would be a really smart option or at least just striving to continue that friendship on its own. Honestly, though, if this was my situation and these were my quote unquote friends, I would just sort of let things happen as they happen. You know that you're moving away. You know that they're not going to be a huge part of your life anymore. These people can't even seem to understand why it's important to talk about the general state of the world, politics, etc., which maybe means they don't think it applies to them. It sounds like you've already found a little bit of peace in this new group of friends that you've rekindled with. I'd lean into that. I do whatever you want to do for the duration of time that you're home and then be super, super excited for what's to come in the fall. I think it's important to have friends from back home, so to say, so to speak, but at the same time, make sure that the friends that you have at home are the ones that you value the most because the sad reality is that when you come home from college, when you're coming back for winter break, for spring break, whatever, you're only going to have a short amount of time at home, which means you're going to have to pick and choose which friends you're able to see over that short amount of time or your schedules don't align up or, you know, life just starts to get a lot busier. So when you come home from break, you're only going to want to see the people that you actually have time to see and the people that matter the most to you. So chances are you're probably never going to see a lot of this mean friend group again to begin with. So I truly wouldn't worry about it. It sounds like you've already found a good group of people to surround yourself with. Rekindle with your old best friend, vent to her, and I wish you all the best in the fall. I kind of The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I feel like I'm giving really harsh advice, but I don't know if I'm just in one of those moods or I just want you all to be so proud of who you are, standing up for yourself, and not letting other people in your life dictate how you live. Because that's how I lived for so stinking long. And I would let little things like not wanting a friendship drift away, be my fault, be my problem. When really it's just a reality of life and people start to change or maybe you realize your worth and what matters to you and you see that that's not happening and the people that you're surrounding yourself with and all of a sudden you're like, maybe I shouldn't be surrounding myself with those people anymore. And it sounds harsh, but really it's just you trying to do what's best for you, looking out for yourself, you know? Okay, this is a cute, fun little dating one. 
I've been talking to this boy on Snapchat for a few months now, and I don't want to sound obnoxious or anything, but he is a simp for me. We love to hear it. (laughs) I love giving this sort of advice because I'm so out of the dating pool at this point. I'm like married off essentially. So this is just music to my ears. Sorry, back to the question. It's cute, but I don't really know if I like him like that yet. We have only met once and it was kind of awkward and I don't really find him physically attractive. I don't know if I should give him a chance or if I should just move on. Love you so much. You know what I see sometimes on TikTok? I think it was a trend for a second or so, but it was like question of the day. Do I like him or do I like him because he likes me? And I feel like that's the question that we need to be asking ourselves in this situation. Do you really like him or do you like the fact that he's a simp for you? In all honesty, give it another shot in person. The first time you meet with anybody, it's probably going to be a little bit awkward unless it's your absolute soulmate. If you're interested in just having a little fun dating around right now, why the heck not see him once more? Give it another go. Go get ice cream. Go do something with a purpose. It's always better to have a date with an agenda rather than just, oh God, let's go to dinner and hope it's not awkward the entire time trying to figure out table topics go do something oh god what is there to do nowadays <laughs> I was gonna say go to a movie but I don't even think cinemas are open go on a second date with him if it's awkward again then you know what snapchat him when you want but maybe just kind of let that one slip away or you know if you don't want to ghost anybody just kindly tell him you're not interested <laughs> but I feel like it's at least worth giving him a chance because you do want somebody that treats you like a princess and yes it is sort of an online joke but simps can be a really good thing like you want somebody to be so obsessed with you like you deserve to have somebody obsessed with you in a healthy way of course <laughs> immediately my mind goes to that Netflix show, You. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's too obsessed. It's far too much. I always say you have to try everything in life twice, not once, but two times. So give this boy a second chance, see him once more, feel it out. Then after that, you know, you can be like, all right, thank you for your time. I appreciate you, but not for me. Or hello to your new boo. Mahana boo. No. What did she say? Uh, I'm a sugar boo. I'm a I'm levitating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa. Okay. Whew. All right. Buckle up for this one. How do I move on from a long-term relationship? I found out that my boyfriend was bored of our relationship through a note on his phone. Ouch. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. That's horrible. We broke up. I was totally happy, but he wasn't and he didn't tell me. How do I move on from something so great ending so abruptly and feeling betrayed? Oh, that's so horrible. My heart is breaking right now for you. I, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. First of all, I'm proud of you for approaching him about this. I'm assuming you had to have a conversation telling him about the note and whatnot. That couldn't have been easy. So I applaud you for sticking up for yourself, recognizing your worth and then breaking up. I think in these situations, the best thing to do is to not cling on to all of the happy memories, at least initially, because you're going to go through this phase of I've been so confused. I feel betrayed. Every single day was perfect. And then you only remember all of these glorious things about your person. But in this situation, I would try and find something that you can hold on to that is a reminder of why this was for the best in the end. First and foremost, you should never be with somebody who 
is not recognizing how worthy you are or how amazing you are. And even just these initial doubts of saying he was bored, etc., is a huge alarming sign, obviously for more reasons than one, but you should never, ever, ever want to be with somebody that thinks of you in that way. You need to be with somebody that is constantly going to be lifting you up, telling you how incredible you are, how amazing you are. There's never a right way to move on to answer your question directly. There's never a right way to do it. You have to do what's going to be best for you. And sometimes that's just feeling through every part of the process in maybe getting angry, maybe getting upset, maybe feeling hurt and betrayed and sad and crying. But then slowly, day after day, you'll start to feel a lot better and you'll start to feel like, okay, I can do this. I'm all right on my own. I can be a strong individual on my own. I'm going to be just fine. I once heard that it can take basically double the amount of time that you're in a relationship with somebody to get over them. So if you were in a relationship for two years, it might take four years to be fully over that person. And I think when I first heard that, that sounded so discouraging. Like, are you kidding me? I spent two years of my life on this person. Now I have to spend another four years thinking about them. But what that really means is that for four years after you break up, you're not going to be thinking about them day in or day out, but there's going to be little things from your relationship that will remind you of them for that amount of time to come. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes they can be really happy memories. Sometimes you can be very, I guess, happy for the reason that person came into your life, the things that they've taught you, and now you're a better person because you've moved on from it. And I think that's what you have to take away from the situation at the end of the day. You have to be so proud of yourself for moving on from this person who truly didn't deserve you. And it's so easy to think, oh, I wasn't good enough for him. I wasn't making him happy enough, blah, blah, blah. But we have to flip our minds to think about how he wasn't good enough for you. He was not somebody who was deserving of you. As much as you can, I would surround yourself with distractions, be that friends, be that family. Maybe you've always wanted to start a YouTube channel and now you finally have the energy and the time for it because he's out of your life. I think that's what's helped me the most Getting over past relationships is just diving into something new or just maybe even removing myself from a certain environment, from a certain situation. But at the end of the day, it just takes time. It really does. Bottom line, I want you to be so, so happy that you are in the place that you're in right now because that boy, that boy emphasis on B-O-Y was not worth your time. Okay, next up. As a fellow lazy person, I was wondering if you could give advice on how to recognize being lazy first when your body actually needs a break. On one hand, I want to push myself on days I don't feel like working out, but on the other, I still want to give my body the rest it needs. Okay, so this is a very important question and one that I actually receive very often. So I would say my best advice, at least strategically, is to track the days that you are actually working out, not in an unhealthy way, but just maybe an X on your calendar, maybe a little note in your phone, maybe adding Google Calendar, whatever you use that works for you. Just keep track of the days that you're actually working out. So let's say you had a goal for yourself to work out three times a week and it's Monday, you worked out Monday, then the next few days, you're just not really feeling it anymore. You've only worked out that one time that week. So in that case, if you're feeling a little bit lazy and you're feeling like, eh, you know, I just I just don't really want to go to the gym, 
remind yourself that you had that goal of wanting to go three times a week. You've only been once and you've probably given your body rest if you've taken a day or two off, but now it's probably my own internal laziness, for lack of a better word, that's telling me I don't want to go to the gym when in actuality I am fully ready to go at this moment. Then there's kind of the flip side of needing to give yourself a break. For me, breaks come for many reasons. It could be I'm just having a really bad mental health day. I want to take a step back. I want to relax. Maybe I just am not feeling good in my skin, in my mind, whatever. I'm just not feeling good. That's valid enough for a day off. But then there's kind of the physical excuses, which would be maybe you're so sore you can't even walk down the stairs, which actually is kind of a bad example because when you're really sore, working out actually does help you. But let's just pretend maybe you're just feeling so exhausted from your previous workout, you can't even fathom the thought of going to the gym. I think it all comes down to just having an honest conversation with yourself. Because if you made a goal or you told yourself you were going to go to the gym today, but then as the workout class, the time, whatever, as it starts to come up and you start to come up with excuses in your mind, ask yourself, really, honest and truly, are those excuses valid or am I just not in the mood right now? If I'm having a really hard time motivating myself at home, if I'm just extra, extra lazy, I will do kind of something that gets me into the mindset of working out to help me push past that laziness. For me in this moment or these past few weeks, that's been hula hooping because I genuinely enjoy it so much. And it's something I can pick up and start in any outfit, in any attire, any location pretty much without hitting a couch or a wall or a TV. I don't have to plan for it. I don't have to change. You know what I mean? So if I do that just for five minutes while my coffee's brewing or something, then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, you know, I kind of feel like I could do a full workout. I can get into the mood because I've already kind of activated myself by doing a mini warm up, if that makes sense. But that's when I think it's so handy to have a schedule or to have something where you actually know which days you've worked out or not. Because if I kind of forget, maybe I'm just a forgetful person, but sometimes I will forget because the week is just so busy. I don't remember if I worked out Monday. I don't remember if I worked out Tuesday because it's already Friday and I'm on weekend mode, you know? It really just comes down to being honest with yourself because you're the only person that's going to be doing the workout. Nobody can do the workout for you. So you have to hold yourself accountable. Whatever your goals are, maybe it's long term, maybe it's something that you're trying to work towards, maybe it's a program that you want to finish, maybe it's a workout that you're trying to find joy in, whatever your goals are. Always remind yourself of that in the moment too, because you also have to have that mindset, that quote that I've said before of where would you be in three months time if you started today? Where would you be in one year's time if you started today? Would Taylor three months down the line be proud of the decision I'm making in this moment? Or would she say, no, Taylor, you were just lazy. You tried to go take a nap because you just felt like you needed it, not because you needed extra sleep from the night before. Like you were just making up silly excuses. Thanks to you, I'm further away from my goal. Think about your future self. Think about the goals that you want to achieve and how your actions in this moment will define them. All right, next up, I'm just going to be doing some of the shorter questions with some shorter answers, just giving you a little rapid fire. First up, how to run longer. I feel so tired when I'm running. Ah, I totally agree. This was the only tip that actually worked for me in being able to help me on my running journey, and that is running flipping slow, slower than you think you need to run. Like, 
Think of molasses and then run slower than that. There's no good in trying to run fast if your technique is wrong, your breathing is wrong. Truly, if you're just running a short distance or something, then fine. You know, run your mile and come home, whatever. But if you're trying to actually better yourself with your running, let's say, or you want to become a better runner, I should say, run extraordinarily slow. Focus on your breathing, which for me is two breaths in, one breath out, I think. I always forget because you just start to do it so subconsciously. But two breaths in your nose, one breath out your mouth. Also, not to toot my own horn or something, but I love listening to podcasts when I run because I start to zone out a lot better than if I was listening to music because I love listening to music. I I feel very connected to music, as cheesy as it sounds. But I think with podcasts, it can also feel like maybe you're educating yourself in some way, especially if you're listening to maybe higher learning, let's say. If you're listening to a podcast that's actually challenging you or it's making you think, then your mind's going to start to go somewhere else and you're not going to be thinking about how much maybe pain you're in when you're running. You're going to be thinking about the podcast that you're listening to or the thoughts that it's taking your your brain on, the journey, you know, you're growing. But bottom line, just run flipping slow, slower than you think you need to run. Time- With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Climate management. We don't know her. No, honestly, we really don't. I I have never heard of time management. I I don't know how to welcome her into my life. In all sincerity, the biggest thing that actually helps me out with time management is putting my phone away. Putting my phone away, putting it on sleep mode, nighttime mode, whatever the heck it's called, putting it face down whenever you're working. We live in just such a notification life. Our phone buzzes, it pops up, it dings, it gets supposed to entice you. It's quite literally addictive. So if you have your phone even away from you when you're trying to get something done, be that homework, computer work, whatever, you need to put your phone away. You need to turn off Instagram. You need to get off TikTok. Those things are time suckers. Something that I started doing in the last week or so, thanks to my friend Sadie, is I started listening to, and I'm going to butcher the name, Biorial Beats. Look them up. They're on Spotify. There's a whole big compilation of them on YouTube. They're like two hour long videos. But essentially, it's this really cool style of music that if you wear headphones while listening to this music, one ear hears a different frequency than the other ear. So somehow there's this illusion that takes place that your ears comprehend a volume of the music or a frequency in the music that the music's not even producing itself. It's the weirdest flipping thing. But essentially, it's kind of like this weird little like meditation type music based on confidence, on motivation, on time management, anti-procrastination, getting negative thoughts out of your mind. And I don't know how in the heck it works, but Sadie recommended it in one of her YouTube videos. And I'm like, I could use all of the help I can get. Like, give me anything and I'll try it out. So I put on headphones and I never edit while I'm using headphones. I just, I never thought that I needed it. I work from home by myself. So anyways, I throw on headphones. I turn on the bioreal music. I'm saying this word wrong, aren't I? I turn on the, the beats 
on the same computer that I'm editing on, on YouTube, just at a pretty low volume. So it's in the background enough for me to comprehend it, but I can still hear whatever I'm editing on the computer. And I don't know how in the heck it works so flippin' well, but I will be so zoned in that I'll think I've been editing for two hours. I look at the clock, it's been 15 minutes. I swear to God, I don't know how it's so flippin' cool, but if you've never tried this, give it a go. It can probably work for quite literally anything. I'm not positive that you do need to wear headphones, but just from the research I've done, it has something to do with the comprehension of one ear to the next and the way our our brain listens to the music. But just try it, even if you're doing something that doesn't require headphones, if you're not on a computer, your phone. Turn on the music while you're trying to do homework. And it's just sort of like, mm, like it sounds like meditation music. You're probably like, Taylor, why did you just do that? But it's so beautiful and it's so powerful and it's helped me immensely with time management. So big shout out to Sadie. How do you eat with your boyfriend when they aren't on the same health journey? I had a really big problem with this when I first started dating Keith. It's difficult because boys, some boys, just don't really care. I think it's important to remember that biologically, he's probably a little bit different than you are. But don't give yourself such a hard time about it because I think I would be so negative to myself or I would be so restrictive in a very negative and unhealthy way when I was around him, at least in the beginning. But let's say, you know, you guys are cooking together or something. Keith and I will always make dinner together, of course. But if he wants for dinner turkey and rice, I will have turkey and rice plus a little bit of vegetables or something because maybe he doesn't want vegetables. Or I will have the same breakfast as him, but he loves rice. So he'll always want to put rice and eggs, etc., together. And there's nothing wrong with that because I love rice and eggs too, but maybe I'll give myself a smaller portion and then add a little bit of salad or uh, spring mix to balance out and give myself a little bit more vegetables because I love adding vegetables into my meals because you can eat so many of them. If you're going out to eat, that's important too. And honestly, that's probably easier than cooking at home because you have freedom of the entire menu. There's always something that you can find at a restaurant menu. There's always going to be something that you can choose to eat and there's always going to be somewhat of a healthier option if that's what you would prefer. So sometimes, you know what? Have a milkshake, have whatever the heck that you're really wanting in the moment. But maybe if he wants to go out to a drive through at two in the morning on a Friday night and you're not really in the mood for anything, go along for the ride, have fun, live your life. But if you're not really in the mood for something, don't get food if he's getting it just because you're there. Just listen to yourself, listen to your cravings. I want to learn a lot more about intuitive eating and perhaps do a podcast on it because it's something I've always been very fascinated by and I think it's probably the healthiest way to eat and to live our lives is by intuitively listening to our body, our hunger cues. I think especially because we live in such a marketing culture we're always being marketed more food we're always being attracted to different colors of a menu or even McDonald's like their colors are literally red and yellow because those colors make us hungry for whatever flipping reason it's the marketing research that they've done like think about any fast food restaurant they always have some sort of enticing look to them because they've done research to prove that that is what makes you want their products more But regardless, it's so important to listen to your intuitive cues, to listen to our own bodies. And everybody is different. And that's hard to remember when you're surrounded by people who just have different 
habits than you. These are just fun, general little tips to take with you that I already learned something from just by reading them. Number one, write down funny things or smart things that you hear. It will always cheer you up. I had a good friend that did this in college and she would always write down funny quotes from people and she just kept this long, beautiful note in her phone and it would just be these ridiculous quotes from some of our friends, but it was always something that made you happy. And when somebody would say something witty or just, you know, the whole group would be cackling, she's like, I have to write that down. And I always thought that was so cute. So I love that idea. Write down funny or smart things you hear because it will always cheer you up. Next, put your phone away 30 minutes before going to sleep. Amen to this. I am such a believer in this and it's a hard habit to break because you want to sit in your phone. You want to scroll on TikTok, but Try your best to keep your phone in a different room. Set it across the room with your alarms. You don't need it next to you. You really don't. Also, I made a TikTok about this, and I'd love for you to go watch it because it's going to be hard for me to explain in audio. But essentially, there's this really great feature on your phone that my boyfriend's sister taught me, and it essentially changes your phone from blue light to red light. And when you make this switch, the red light is a lot less harsh on your eyes And it's a lot better for giving you a better night's sleep because it doesn't disrupt your circadian rhythm. It sounds like a whole lot of mumbo jumbo, but I explained how to do it in this TikTok. It's probably from at least a month or two ago, so scroll down a little bit. But that's another tip I have for just changing your phone light and for not hurting your eyes so much. I do it all the time now. And all it is is a triple click of your side button. It takes two minutes to set up. Last one, last little way to end the podcast this is an important one. Don't take your phone with you when you go to the bathroom. I'm such a flipping sucker for this. I just did it right before I started this podcast. Of course you want to take your phone in the bathroom with you. Why the heck not? Like what else are you going to do in the bathroom? Sit? Think? Huh. I probably end up spending four times as much time in the bathroom just by sitting on my phone. It's not necessary. It's such a time sucker. Time management. Who is she? We don't know her but we might know her when we put our phones away. I think that's kind of the golden rule of the day. Put your phone down, zone into your life, go back into the days before technology. I always think that's a time period I'd want to live in, but then I remember I'm so grateful for having technology, having social media. I wouldn't be talking to you today without technology, without social media platforms. So being grateful for that while at the same time recognizing that our phones can often take over our lives and it's so important to check in with ourselves. I'm going to leave you with this quick little rant because I had this self-realization the other day. But I kept getting this question from a lot of people like, how did you start your podcast or why did you want to start your podcast? And my answer is always that I for so long and still am a huge consumer of podcasts myself. So I've always been so invested in the medium. I listen to podcasts pretty much throughout my day from almost the moment I wake up until maybe Keith comes home and then I have somebody to talk to. But I was kind of having a a little discernment moment with myself and I was thinking, as much as I love podcasts, I wonder at times if it's healthy for me. And I'm going overboard. I'm not talking about if you listen to one podcast a day, but I think because I crave being around other people and I'm such an extrovert at times, truly an omnivert, but I digress. I use podcasts as kind of like a coping mechanism for not wanting to be alone because when I'm listening to them all throughout the day, it feels like there's people around me. It feels like I'm surrounded by company, if that makes sense. 
And as much as I'm learning and, you know, I, I do sometimes I do lighthearted things like pop culture, but then I love to challenge myself and, and listen to podcasts that actually help me learn things or unlearn biases, etc. I often wonder if I consume too much podcast, too much media to the point where I never sit alone with my thoughts anymore. Like even if I take a drive somewhere, I used to always just turn on music and then you kind of zone out and you you listen to your thoughts and you just kind of think things through. But for the past at least year or two, I've been such a podcaster, podcast listener, that I've stopped thinking sometimes. And I know that sounds stupid, but sometimes I need to just do a check with myself. Like when was the last time I just sort of thought things through? Like even shower time, I used to be like, all right, you know, you put on music or you just take a shower without media at all. And you just flip and take a shower and shower thoughts are the best. You love having those deep thoughts in the shower. But even now I'm like, oh, I can't take a shower without turning on a podcast. And I like turn on my Bluetooth speaker and whatnot. That's ridiculous. I don't know. Maybe that's just me reading into it too much, but I think that's sort of an allusion to the fact that so much of our days, especially in quarantine times, are consumed by too much media. And all we do at times is just consume, consume, consume. And I love that there's so much free content available. I love that I can listen to podcasts and, and zone out or zone in, whatever. But at times I wonder if it's really detrimental to my mental health as much as I'm trying to do so much at once. I really need to unplug and I really need to be better at just kind of sitting with myself and being comfortable with my own company because that's always been a big fear of mine. I hate being alone. So I think that's my coping mechanism of not wanting to be alone is surrounding myself with voices from podcasts. And that's kind of a weird rant to end this on, but it is sort of just a, a food for thought. If maybe you've ever been in a similar scenario, maybe it's not podcasts, maybe it's music, maybe it's TikTok, Instagram, et cetera. How much of it are you consuming? Is it too much for you? And are you ever just sort of sitting with your own thoughts in a healthy way? I don't know. But that's my food for thought for the day. I am pretty hungry. So I'm going to go have the oatmeal that I'm just remembering. I left in the microwave about mm, two hours ago. (laughs) So off to go reheat that. Love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you all so much. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review, follow the podcast Instagram at TwistyPod. I'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye. <laughs>